Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties VO101. The goal of this series is to provide current and credible information for folks who are newer to the voiceover industry and want to learn more from pros who know. There is so much information out there, and it can be quite overwhelming, and we hope to ease those feelings. Each week, we'll have a new topic and occasionally a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. You can submit your questions through our website, boothbesties.com, or our Facebook group, and we'll do our best to include them in our discussions. A quick bit of housekeeping in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can. We're actually going to keep the hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open, and this week, JT will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Well, David was modest and sent us a very brief bio, but... I've got a big one. (laughs) A leading authority on voiceover and chief edge officer of Edge Studio, David Goldberg has cast and directed thousands of voiceover productions. He has also coached innumerable voice actors from beginners to top working pros and celebrities. He's known for his uncanny ability to provide super quick yet precise direction. Because he sees things from all industry perspectives, veteran voiceovers rely on him as their mentor. David is also one of the most active directors and speakers, frequently illustrating his practical answers with fun anecdotes from his many years of experience. Soon after founding Edge Studio as a music recording facility in 1988, David added spoken voice recording to its repertoire. In response to many clients asking him for voiceover guidance, David wrote the first edition of the Voiceover Performance Guidebook in 1992. Since 2000, Edge Studios has focused exclusively on spoken voice and is now one of the world's premier voiceover facilities. Edge Studio remains one of the country's most acclaimed voiceover facilities known around the world for being best in the industry for voiceover production, casting, and education. Thank you for joining us today. And before we jump into your coaching philosophy, casting, demo production, and all things Edge Studios, From my research, it looks like you maybe weren't a voice actor to begin with. So tell us, how did Edge Studios even come about? (laughs) Hey, I I have to first ask, where did you find that bio? That's quite a bio. On uh, Edge Studios, your about page. Oh my goodness. Wow. I should read our website. (laughs) (laughs) I have to change some of that because like only 1% of that is true. Like the rest is all completely... No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Uh, that's so much stuff. My goodness. Wow. Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me. Um, you asked the question how we got started. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm a voice actor or no, I'm not a voice actor. And I, I absolutely love this industry. Um, I hope, hope that comes through in my passion and, uh, because I'm not a voice actor, um, and I don't think I should be, and I can talk, I can talk about that later. Um, but I found a different way into the industry. And that uh, sort of resulted from the first iteration of Edge Studio, which, yeah, as you mentioned, was a music studio. It's interesting. So I started a studio when I was in college and we had four track cassette recorders, like what the Beatles used to use. I feel so old. Holy cow. (laughs) And uh, some, well, I 
to go back just a step further, when I was younger, um, I was a drummer and played keyboards and bands and toured. I was a pianist and I toured on piano, classical piano. And um, but in college, I just I literally stumbled across this used four track cassette recorder and I knew nothing about recording. And I I just loved it. I, I actually liked it more than performance. And so I started recording bands in college. And then during summer vacation from college, bands started traveling to me, to my home in Connecticut, where I was living at the time. And that was really cool. I had no idea what to charge. I remember I was charging $10 an hour. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and back then the equipment was so much more expensive compared to what it was, what it is now. You know, things were really pricey back then. And, uh, and anyway, so... The studio did great, like really, really, really great. And I have recorded such an amazing list of top act uh, bands and, and, and you know musicians out there and stuff that still plays on air, which is really exciting to hear. And But the drug scene was insane. And a lot of the bands who I worked with were really into like some heavy, heavy stuff. And I'm not, I'm like totally clean. I don't even drink wine, occasionally a glass of wine with my wife. And I mean, that's the extent of like my, you know, craziness. Um, I loved, I absolutely loved the work that I was doing in the studio, but the, the drugs were just, it was too much. And at some point I became a drug-free studio and I lost half of my clients. And wow. uh, at, yeah, it, it just, you know, they, they couldn't party all night. And these were big, big rock groups main bands and you know the six month recording contracts eight month recording contracts and so on and so a few months later i became a smoke-free studio not even cigarettes and there went the other half of my clients so <laughs> i i had i had quite a, a microphone collection and soundproofed rooms and all sorts of stuff and and uh you know what else do you do other than if you can't do music recording i figured well there's voiceover I knew really nothing about it. The only thing I knew about it was that my mom had done some radio commercials when she, when I was very young, uh, my mom did some acting for a number of years and she did some radio commercials and I got hooked up with a company that wrote music for commercials. So when I was 14 and 15, I was recording music for commercials, just background music. Uh, but that's all I knew about the industry. So when I sort of ditched music and uh, one day I said to my wife, like, I'm done, like no more music. I have to stop. And uh, so I turned to voiceover and I had a, a cousin who was sort of uh, special, very special needs. And um, it got me thinking, well, you know what? The Special Olympics were playing uh, were uh, the special Special Olympics was happening pretty close to where I live. And I thought, well, let me reach out to them and see if they need voiceover for anything promotional commercials live announcements like I, I don't know anything about this voiceover industry but let me see if they need anything and they did so i volunteered some work for them and one of the editors there said well you know we could use some work somewhere else and that ended up ended up being a paying job and and i started doing more volunteer work and each one led to more work uh, more paying work and to this day 20 years later now at voiceover um, my company still donates a tremendous amount of voiceover. We volunteer everywhere. Like right now, we're in the middle of working on projects for animal equality, human rights, um, hooking up with, uh, I don't need 
I don't mean to make this a political conversation, but I'm hooking up with the Biden campaign right now to do uh, work for them. I did uh, work for the Obama campaigns and stuff, and we still donate um, for causes that we support. And in almost every situation, every time we donate, there's the feel good. Like, I feel like I'm doing my part. I'm offering what I can do to help. Um, but also the goodwill often comes back. And so it's been a really interesting um, and enjoyable ride for all of these years. So that's kind of the, from the, that's the whole history of this, the company right there. The Genesis. I love it. And I it love, is, yeah. I love that you said that, you know, that you started out doing some volunteer work. There's a lot of uh, mentality in the industry is, you know, you shouldn't do anything for free. You should always know your worth and value. But I love the um, opportunity to do volunteer work for things that we believe in because it is knowing your value to know that that you value yourself enough to support these things that you believe in. And, and that's a good way for voice actors to to get their feet wet as well. So it's a gr- yeah, it's a it's a really great way. I will also tell you that you're right. There are a lot of people who say never work for free. There's there is only one thing that bothers me about this industry, and that is that a lot of people talk about things that with they how can I say this? They think there's only one way to do something. Like people, like we just said, people say don't do work for free. There are times and exceptions. There's a time and place for everything. And uh, so, like I see on all these social media sites, people ask questions to other voice actors: what kind of microphone should I buy, or do I need Source Connect? Uh, should, do I need an agent? And the answers typically come back with a clear yes or a clear no. Well, I can tell you a thousand situations when a yes or no is not appropriate and there's an, an in-between answer. Like things are not just black and white. There are there are times that it makes perfect sense to do something for free or to negotiate down your price. And there are times that it makes sense to not do something for free or not negotiate down your price. Um, that Even that microphone example, this is such a common one because a lot of people do ask voice actors or newcomers will say to a voice actor, what kind of microphone should I purchase? And I see these answers, like a voice actor will say, well, I, I use this model microphone. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm thinking, but how can you answer that for someone when you don't know the three criteria that's really necessary for selecting a microphone? Like the, 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 the type of voice that the person has, the, the genres that they are recording, and most importantly, the acoustics of their room where, where they record, like, there are different microphones and different shaped microphones for reasons. So and anyway, there's not just there's never just a one answer thing. And so when it comes to volunteering, yeah, if it feels good for you, I think it's a good thing to do. But it's not necessary. But it is for us. And we interestingly so. And again, I don't mean to make this a political conversation. But so it's funny where we're donating to the or we did to the Obama campaign. And now uh, starting on the Biden we were offered a huge contract, um, or at least, uh, I don't know, that this agency came to us and offered us a very, very large job for working on the uh, Trump campaign. And that's not the way, that's not my politician of choice. Uh, again, you know, if people feel otherwise on this call, it's totally fine. But uh, it was, it could have been a, a dollar figure that could have put my kids through college. And like, I paced back and forth for like an hour thinking, wow, like, you know, thinking about my kids and, you know, college and everything. And and at the end of the day, I said, nope, it's not for me, Um, you know, but that doesn't mean it's not right for someone else. So everyone feels differently about this stuff. It's so true there. And it is a very personalized industry, everything down to 
like you said, what microphone you use and what home studio works best for you. And and I love when people are like, what DAW should I be using? And it's like, well, which one do you like best? Because they all get the job done. It's just what do you use? And And that's one of the things that we talk a lot about with our listeners is finding what works best for you and learning about that. So on that note, how did you transition from recording voice actors to training voice actors as well? At what, where did that genesis happen? Yeah, that was weird. So I was producing a recording for some company. I don't remember which one. And the voice actor we had hired said, I'm putting together a demo. Could you help me with the demo? I like the way you, you directed me. And I said, sure whatever i you know i don't know what to charge and and that was that was where it began and now the the voice acting school of edge studio has become a huge part of our business um, and it's really enjoyable and i'll tell you the the best thing about having the school is that it helps me become a better director and and all of our coaches we have 16 or 17 coaches right now they all have told me numerous times that they have become better voice actors because they are coaches. When you're forced to see things from the other perspective, it it, it like it, it presents new patterns. Like it, it opens your brain up to new ideas, and it just I don't know. It's just it's a, an amazing way to learn. Um, so it's been really good. And what's really fun is because I I I don't know, like we have all of these coaches who have specialties. Like someone specializes in video games someone else specializes in audiobooks and i work so closely with them that i learn little bits and pieces of a whole lot of different stuff which is really fun for me so i i wouldn't say i'm a specialist in any one area but i know a little bit about a whole lot of things which is fun yeah i think that's kind of how we all feel about voiceover you know especially if you do e-learning you learn so many things about so many things from the scripts that you read so yeah um, true Tell us, you know, let's talk about some of those coaches that you have on your team. Um, I've seen lots of names I recognize. Can you tell us um, who you have and and what you like about them? And yeah, um, I don't, don't even. Know. I mean, you don't have to go through everybody, but yeah, yeah, I I can say I think what's really interesting about our coaches is that we are. I, I won't use the word inundated, um, but I receive a lot of requests from people who want to coach, like a whole lot of requests. I'm, it's bordering on the word being inundated, but it's not quite to that level. But, you know, I don't know, sometimes like every day I get a request or two and and it's hard for it's hard for me to find coaches who I feel are really good coaches because almost everyone who I interview for these positions, I feel might be fantastic at voice acting, but not good at teaching. It's a really different skill set to be able to teach. That's it's just in, an incredibly different skill set. Most of the most of the people who want to become coaches, they tend to direct but not teach, and that's a big difference. Our, so I make sure that all of our coaches actually teach rather than direct, and it is a mind shift. And so, um, so yeah, so it's it's a challenge when we are searching for a new coach. It really is a challenge sometimes to find someone who can who knows the industry who can teach, who's also professional. We trust that they'll show up on time and, you know, not curse or, you know, like all the things that come along with being a professional. It's a, it's a bunch of different skill sets and the coaches we have are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I work with the coaches. Like I work every day with those coaches. Uh, so when they record a demo, I always put my ears to it and coaches all know that they can come to me and they do on a very 
very regular basis and say like, I have a student who has like this unique voice, you know, and they can do this weird noise, you know, is there a place for it in the industry? I don't think so. And I'll listen to the voice and I'll say, yeah, I, I don't think so also. And I don't know, like we all work as a team. That's actually a cool thing about Edge. Everyone works as a team. So I've never, I feel like we haven't done a good job of conveying this on our website, but we're kind of set up like a college or a university really, because when the student trains with us, they can work with a lot of different coaches between all of the different classes and and coaches and our coaches sometimes will swap out students uh, so one coach who i don't know maybe specializes in audiobooks may work with a student and say you know what i think you need to take a session with our accent reduction specialist and so they'll switch over and that person may send them to another coach for a session or two and so yeah we do work as a team uh which i think is interesting and good i think it's great for the students and we have a really really good success rate our students are they do like so well in the industry it's nice yeah. Um, NJ, I think you had something you wanted to add. Well, I wanted to pop down. We had something that was just a perfect um, piggyback to what David was sharing. Oh, I know. So with your program, with Edge Studios, just talking about the coaches and talking about, you know, entry level, is it, do all talent start at the same place, like fundamentally, um, whether it's classes or um you know, kind of your approach, or is it more customizable based on if they have a lot of acting background or just come from a different place? Well, everyone has to start sort of in a an evaluation of some sort or an assessment, because a lot of people say that they are great and they're not. A lot <laughs> what of do people you mean? say that they are skilled and they're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, it's hard for people who aren't involved in the industry because I know we get like a lot of people who. They say, uh, truly, a lot of people say, we don't need training. I've been told my whole life, my voice is fantastic. I just need to record a demo. And I can totally understand it from that perspective. Like if, if you go on this earth for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and everyone compliments your voice every day, why would you think you need training? It, it would make logical sense to not need training. You already have the voice. So they don't understand that there are other skill sets necessary to like get through a script. And so... Yeah, we, you know, we don't really trust what anyone says when they come in. So every, just about everyone goes through an assessment of some sort. And if they are sure that they can bypass it, then usually it, it, it's, that person is sent to me and I just have a, a consult with that person just to kind of understand what they're what they're doing. Occasionally, there are people who just really don't need training. It's very rare. I've worked with a couple of kids who absolutely are just naturally terrific. And they've not heard... they. They've grown up never hearing the announcer sounds, so they don't default to that. They're just comfortable at the microphone. And I don't know, some people have a very, very unique voice. Um, and sometimes I feel like training will actually get in their way. <laughs> it's like with piano with me, when I grew up, um, th this will sound like a sidetrack, but it is, I think, directly related. When I grew up, my mom was taking piano lessons when I was young. And my mom still, to this day, will not, like, she's so upset with me because every time the the piano teacher left our home and my struggle through like a piano or a song or something, she would get upset because I could sit down and just play it. Like I play by ear and my mom still like, can't figure this out. Like how can, like she will struggle and practice and, and I just, just play it like it's nothing. And so when I was 15, I was doing like an off, off, off Broadway show. I was playing piano and the whole group, the whole band was like in their, I don't know, they were adults and they seemed old to me, forties, fifties, whatever. Um, and 
the director of the orchestra suggested that I have some piano lessons so I could because I had solos and I was really weary of this and I was very concerned that a piano lesson would actually get in my way because I played so much I did so much playing performance and and everything from bands and concerts to like like I said orchestrated piano and whatever and and I took one lesson and it messed me up oh my goodness it messed me up I remember this piano instructor on the phone was saying, like, do you know what a, a middle C is? And I said, I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. They said, do you know what a, a D note is, a minor, a major? I said, no, no, no. And I had took the beginning of this lesson and they were having me do things which seemed so elementary. And it really like I started overthinking. And so I had that one lesson and I stopped. And so likewise, there are some people really occasionally in voiceover that I'll say, you know what? I don't think you need training. I just. Don't think it makes sense, but it's really seldom. And that's because when people read scripts, they usually are unnatural. That's that's the thing. Like people, yeah, I think everyone on this call probably knows that, right? When people read scripts, they typically sound either a little unnatural or really unnatural. And those are the things that need to be communicated. What happens when a student just kind of doesn't jive with one of your coaches? Because I think that's the other thing. Like there could have, my children both are musicians as well. And and one child really resonated with one piano teacher and the other one was like, nope, not a good fit. And so I'm sure that yeah. would have changed things for you as well, so <laughs> possibly. But we have, um, we sort of do things the old fashioned way, which I think are better. And they, they, they help with that situation. We have uh, people in our office, we call them education advisors and they're fabulous. And they act as the liaison sort of between our students and our coaches. So they talk with each new student and get to know a little bit about them. And they know a lot about our coaches and we find matches. And most of the time we, I feel like we really nail it because we get so many emails from people saying like, wow, like this coach is fantastic. Like I'm learning a lot. They're a great person. But every once in a while we're wrong. Every, you know, can't nail it 100% of the time. Every once in a while, a, a student will say, you know, I'm not liking this coach. I just, I'm, I'm not jiving with them. I don't understand the way they work. I don't, we, our schedules aren't in sync. Who knows? Like something goes wrong. And so we just switch to another coach. And all of like everything that we do at Edge is put into a, a central note system. So if a student moves to a different coach, that new coach has all of the notes. And that new coach knows, okay, I see that the person had a coaching session because they tend to read too quickly and they're too loud and they're too choppy. Like all of that is communicated to the new coach. So nothing's ever lost. All right. That sounds excellent. like really valuable. Yeah. So I'm hearing that uh, one of the best ways that talent can learn and grow is through practice and constructive feedback, which coaching can provide that constructive feedback, right? Like feedback so rare in the voiceover industry. And that's one of the reasons we pay coaches to get feedback, right? Um, Edge provides some other opportunities for voiceover talent to get feedback. So can you tell us a little bit about your uh, feedback forum and your contest that you hold? Because both of those are ways that talent can get feedback. Yeah, and there's a, a third way too. So this kind of goes back, well, this definitely goes back to what I said earlier, where I mentioned that our coaches become better voice actors because they are coaching. And so I knew this, like I, I learned this so many years ago, probably the our first or second coach at some point said to me, wow, I've become a better coach because I'm, I'm directing voice actors. I, I'd be sorry. I've become a better voice actor because I'm coaching. And about 15 or so years ago, 
I thought this is really interesting because the more a voice actor coaches another voice actor, the better they become. So we put together the feedback form. This was on our, our previous website. It's not really on our current website. And I'll talk about that in a moment. It will be soon. So we put together this thing called the feedback forum where voice actors could upload a sample of their recording and other voice actors could provide some feedback, some suggestions. And I never really knew what would happen with that. It's kind of, it was weird. It was new in the industry. Still doesn't exist out there really. And people loved it. And we had like, I remember we hit like a thousand users and then 10,000 users and it just kept going and we didn't promote it. It sort of promoted itself and voice actors really improved by using it. Now about two or three years ago, we switched to a new website. The website now that's up online is a new website and we still have the feedback form there, but it's a real crappy and I'm, I'm transparent here. It's an non-user friendly, ugly, terrible feedback form. <laughs> I'm the first to admit it. And there's no reason for me to hide it because if anyone goes to the feedback form on a current website, you're going to see it. Like it's not user friendly, but we have a real one coming out. We, it, it's sort of out. We did a soft launch of it a number of months ago. Uh, we're making some tweaks to it. It's being done right now. And I'm hoping it's out within like another six or so, uh, six to eight weeks. And it's really, really nice. The soft launch was great. It's, it's this cool way just to like upload your demos or sample, uh, sample recordings and, and, and like peer to peer, give each other feedback. So that will be also, you know, we'll, we'll promote it the best we can in the industry. So hopefully you'll get an email on that or something. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, and you asked about, uh, the contest that you hold. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a voiceover contest. Everyone on this call should participate in the contest. Um, for a couple of reasons. First, let me tell you about the contest. It is free. Uh, we do this just because we like helping. And it's a great way to learn. So for the contest, which I'll give you the link in a moment, um, every three months, every quarter of the year, we put up a, a different script and you can submit your entry, which is just a, typically like a 15 second recording. And uh, at the end of that quarter, someone in our casting department will go through and go through the all of the entries and find typically the anywhere from like five to ten which really like sound the best and then i go through those five to ten and choose a first second and third place winner but what we also do and this is the the best thing i think about the contest is that i write up when i go through the five or ten i write up notes on those voices like why why did this person get first place like why as a casting team like in our in our company we cast tens of thousands of, of voice actors so why did we choose this particular person to get the job like what is it about their voice or their their studio quality or combination of that led us to say this person should win the first prize and why is this person second why is this other person third and why did the next two or three or four people down not get hired or, or selected as winners and then also the person in our office who goes through all of the entries to, to, to kind of get them down to five or 10 for me, they write up notes and, and talk about some commonalities. Like on average, 80% of, of voice actors did this wrong or did that wrong or forgot to do this or misread that word or they forgot to slate or they slated incorrectly, whatever it is. And we write up a really detailed article on this at the end of every contest. It's a multiple page article and it is just so helpful for voice actors. 
So the the reason to participate in the contest is number one, it's fun. I think it's it's a challenge. Number two, you can win some prizes. Um, but most importantly, you can read those articles. And that is like, I think the, the best thing for voice actors, the articles, and they're all available on our website. I am at our site right now. I'm going to give you the link. If you go to edgestudio.com, by the way, studio is singular, edgestudio.com, then put down slash audition dash contest. So again, it's edgestudio.com slash audition dash contest. And that is super, super cool. There's one other resource I'd like to tell everyone about, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. This is my favorite thing of everything we have at Edge Studio. It's sort of new. We just did our 10th episode. It is something that I, I cannot encourage you. I can, cannot be, oh, I can't even say it. Like, I can't encourage you strongly enough to, part, to, to watch this thing, to watch the past 10 episodes and tune in for all future episodes. It's called Home Studio Show and Tell. And it is freaking amazing. Every month, the first Tuesday of each month, 9 p.m. Eastern time, it's a free Zoom event. It's one hour long. Uh, and by the way, so if you don't if you don't know about these things, it probably means that you don't get our newsletter. So you can go to our website and at the very bottom of just about any page in the footer, there is a, a box to sign up uh, for your, your you can stick your email address in there. So um, for Home Studio Show and Tell, every episode two voice actors volunteer to give a, a tour of their studio. And it's super informal. The voice actor, we tell the voice actors who volunteer, just hold the phone up. You just kind of walk around and, and point out all the different parts of your, your studio. It's so cool because it gives every voice actor a chance to see how other voice actors have done things. And the, the information that comes up is amazing. We have, of course, the live chat is going through Zoom and it gets completely filled of links and ideas and all hints. I remember one episode that um, the first voice actor was, was showing off their studio. And at some point they said, or they're walking around and they were pointing out, yeah, this is my microphone. And they had a sort of an interesting looking mic stand. And someone in the chat wrote, you know, what kind of mic stand is that? And our host said, oh, here's an interesting question from, you know, this person in this state or this country, uh, what kind of mic stand is that? And And the voice actor, he said, Oh, it's a really interesting story because I had this other mic stand and they called this model number and it broke. And so I got this one. That's the best thing to replace it, but it's made stronger. There was this whole, all this information about it. Well, then a few minutes later, when the second voice actor went on home studio show and tell, she said, coincidentally, I had the exact same experience. I also had that mic stand that the first guy had and it broke and I found the same replacement part. So the links went into the, the chat. And everyone's writing them down and people start putting more links and say, yeah, here's another company that sells one that's just like it and is more flexible. And I don't know, it's just so cool. Um, it's a really wonderful chance for voice actors to get ideas, to be inspired, um, to ask questions, to share their knowledge. Like I said, the conversations are terrific. They go on through chat. Um, each voice actor has about 10 or 15 minutes to show their studio. And then just, we all just, you know, I swap, swap knowledge. So well, that's that and you know what, you are totally exemplifying what our amazing voiceover community is about. You know, that's what VOBB is trying to do, and really support one another and help each other grow. And you are just 
yeah, all, all of these opportunities that you and Edge Studios are providing are doing just that. And it's extremely cool. So we appreciate Oh, that's that. awesome. So you can find the link to this and, and see all of the past episodes on our website. It's edgestudio.com slash home studio show and tell. And each of those words is separated by a dash. So it's home dash studio dash show dash and dash tell. Or you can just go to our website and click on training resources and you'll find this stuff. Under training think- resources is the contest as well as home studio show and tell. I think JT is going to drop that in the chat. So real quick, because we are just moving and shaking, we are already at the half hour. We're going to do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties. And this is part of our VO 101 series, where we discuss fundamental topics about getting into the voiceover industry. And today we're chatting with David Goldberg, owner of Edge Studios. Uh, We appreciate you all joining us. And let's get back to the interview. A.B.? We're going to ask just a couple more questions. Um, I'm curious, David, how do you suggest voice actors find their um, find their sweet spot, their VO sweet spot, that place where their voice just resonates and is truly authentic? Um, we've talked a lot about this in our VO 101 series. We'd love your opinion. Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'm a big believer in not trying to be everything to everyone. Like I, so many voice actors hit this industry and they want to show everything on their demo, like A to Z. And I think that's ridiculous because I, I don't, I just feel like it, like it doesn't help a client hire you because half the stuff they hear is only mediocre. I think you should figure out what your sweet spot is, like you said, and, and focus on that area. So to figure that out, if you are new to the industry, I really do think it, it is essential, like critical to work with someone who has general comprehension of the entire industry. Like that's, that's when someone should come to me and say, I know I want to do something in this industry, but I don't know where I fit in because, and like I said earlier, I've worked with so many audiobooks, uh, actors, uh, celebrities and directors and clients that I've worked with so many commercial actors and celebrities and clients that I've worked like every genre in the industry from games to apps, to new media, to documentary and film. And I mean, like, it's just, I know so many years at this, um, I'm feeling old again, but so many years at this, I've just been there, done that. And so I may not specialize in any one area, but I know a fair amount about a lot. So that's when, that's a good place to start with me. And then I can always say to a, to a, a new voice actor or, or one who's trying or an established voice actor who's trying to specialize in something, I can say, yeah, here's what I would suggest. After hearing you read for me, after asking you some questions, figuring out your your vocal strengths and weaknesses, your personal interests, what your goals are, uh, and so on. I think this makes sense, you know, whatever that path is. And if you want to pursue that path, here are the steps that I would take to make that happen. Oh, that's awesome, David. Thank you. Um, at Edge Studios, is script anal- analyzation, I speak for a living, an important component in your training? Or um, can you tell us, is there really such a thing as a bad script? And what can voice actors do to deal with that if there is? Uh, there are bad scripts and then there are really bad scripts. And then there are scripts that just freaking suck. Um, I had one just yesterday. That was a really hard script. Um, like just, I don't know. It was so, the script itself was poor. The direction from the client was just, 
and totally ambiguous. Like it was just ridiculous. Um, and yeah, sometimes you're just kind of screwed. I'll share a, f a funny story. This is, oh, I just remember something. Wow. Oh, I'm so happy this came up. So I'm, I will get sidetracked for a second. We just ran a newsletter. I think it went out yesterday asking for funny, uh, funny stories in the industry. And we're going to compile all these like funny voiceover stories and put them onto a blog and, and send the favorites out through email or through our newsletter. And we've gotten some really, really funny stories back already. Um, so now I'm re you've, you're reminding me of one that I want to add to that newsletter. We had a client many years ago that uh, they gave us a ton of commercial work and they trusted me as a director. Uh, so I was one day I was working on one commercial with a voice actor. It was for Dell, comp uh, Dell computers. And so we get the, the script It's just me and the, the voice actor. And we go through the script. It's really copy heavy. It ended up to be like 75 seconds or 72 seconds long, something like that. And so we tried real hard to get it down to 60 seconds, like really hard. And I've done a lot of editing and figuring out like shortcuts, like how ways to, to techniques to like get something to, to be read more quickly without having, without having it sound like it's being read more quickly, like through fancy editing techniques and whatever. There's some tricks you can pull out when you need to. And the voice actor is super skilled at reading quickly and still sounding relaxed and comfortable and everything. We just couldn't get it to 60 seconds and we struggled. I think we got it to like 62 or 63, but we just couldn't get it to 60. So we called the client and which was typical of the way I worked with this client. We just like, they'd give approval over the phone or phone patch, whatever we had back then. And uh, so we said, I said to the client, like, like it's like 62 or 63. We just can't get it to 60. We just can't. The client said, what? I said, yeah, we can't get it to 60. He said, no, no, no. This is not a 60 second commercial. It's a 30 second. What? We're, we're like, like, I, I won't swear like on this call, but we're like, like WTF, like seriously. Um, yeah. So that was a tough script. So they, they had to go back and rewrite it. And uh, we waited, we waited like three or four hours because it had to go through their marketing team, their ad team, through their legal, you know, their legal representatives to make sure everything is, you know, buttoned up and is is accurate. And uh, so, yeah, we we ordered in dinner. We talked sports. We talked politics. We hung out, got paid all that time. That was the best job ever. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of funny. So anyway, there are bad. But scripts. it sounds there are like scripts that are just sorry to interrupt you, but it sounds like just to, to piggyback that that one of the key components, which I would say many people know, but not all people feel comfortable with is that communication, that communication with the client, being comfortable reaching back, um, you know, asking questions. Because again, you, you would have kept going with the 60 had <laughs> you not finally reached out, you know, but having that lines of communication open is really crucial. Yeah, that is a, a terrific point. So I will say for any voice actor, if you want to maintain a good relationship with a client, do so comfortably and ask questions. Ask every question you have. I would, I love a voice actor who comes in to, to record something or phone or um, through whatever remote system where we're working on, like Source Connect or IPTTL or whatever. I love a voice actor who says, David, you know what? Sorry, this is embarrassing. I should know how to pronounce this word, but I don't know. Or I know you've told me three times and I'm sorry, my bad. I forgot. I'll write it down this time. I, that's great. 
you know what? They're they're open, they're comfortable, they're confident. It scares me to death when a voice actor is nervous and doesn't ask questions. That's what scares me. Honestly, it really frightens me if a voice actor is scared because we can't survive without you, the voice actor, and you can't survive without us, the people who hire you. I mean, it's a two-way relationship and not everyone sees it that way, but at least we do. And so, yeah, it's it, we work, we have to work together as a team. And we do the same thing with our clients. You know, a client sent us scripts right now and, you know, and we call them up and say like, we don't get it, you know, thanks for sending it. It looks interesting, but we don't really understand what you mean by this or that, or, you know, that's fine. It, it happens. Well, so we have yeah. to understand that we're not, we don't want to waste each other's time too. You know what I mean? Like, and you said it earlier on when, and again, again, not to make it about the political thing, but just jobs that don't resonate or settle or, you know, knowing that your voice is connected to and you can't sleep at night doing it, being willing to say no too, I think is a big part of being a good business person. Yeah. yeah someone, a voice actor I know, this is funny. This is, this is another one I have to submit for our, our funny email stories. This voice actor I know was telling me about this audition, how hard the audition was. I said, why was it so hard? Because this guy's great. And I said, why was this audition so hard? He said it, it was medical copy and he doesn't do medical copy. He said, that like he said, David, like this 20 second audition took me like like an hour because I had to look up every word like and figure out how to pronounce it. I said, dude, what's going to happen if you win the job? Like you're screwed. <laughs> like, why would you even audition exactly. for that? It'll take you, know? you longer to do it than you get paid for. Oh, my goodness. It took <laughs> like I don't remember the exact time, but if it was an hour for a 20 second audition, you do the math. That's a one to 60 ratio, I think, uh, 20 seconds to an hour. I don't know. I'm scared to do math in front of everyone, but whatever. It's a, it's a, not a good ratio. And yeah, so yeah, like, don't, that's... don't even audition for that. Like you have to know what's right for you and what's not, you know, Amen. Like, like me walking around, me walking away from a, a job. I just, I knew it wasn't right. Not only was walking away from a, a Trump campaign, it felt right for me, but also for my office because the politics in my office are very consistent. Again. I always say this, this is not a polit political thing. I don't care what way you vote, you know, just this is how everyone at Edge, just coincidentally, everyone in my business feels the exact same way or votes the same way. And it wasn't right for my own, my own employees. And so, you know, yeah, you do what's right for you and you say yes to some and no to others. And and if you absolutely. really want something, then volunteer for the ones that you that you really want. Yep, absolutely. I know that... Uh... I, I don't do animation and someone sent me an animation audition yesterday and I read through it and thought, eh, this is a dumb idea. And, uh, but I'll do medical narration all day long. Right. Good for you. So, um, that is, we, I think we'll move on to you getting a chance to listen to some people read. And, um, but I did want to ask one last question from the chat because, um, we've got some good ones in there, but Casey asked, and, and this is, I think this is a really good thing for you to address. What we, we talk a lot in the voiceover industry about avoiding demo mills. What is it that sets Edge Studio apart from other companies that may be more of a demo mill because you provide, you provide training and then you provide a demo at the end. And that's often something we steer new talent away from because it can be predatory. So help us understand how Edge Studios is different. Oh, that I'm thrilled. Uh, he said Casey asked that. Thank you, Casey. Um, this is something that, oh, this might be the second thing I dislike, really dislike about the industry. I don't know why there's this this feeling that 
if you were a big player in the industry, you are a demo mill. Like I don't, I don't understand why there's a correlation. Like I said earlier, I feel like we're a university, and there are some some really big universities with lots of students. It doesn't mean that it's a crappy school. I think anyone who goes through our program, you ask anyone who's gone through a program, and they will tell you like we we like put sweat behind every student. Like we have conversations behind the scenes about students, like figuring out you know what teacher is best for them, what classes should they take, you know how can we get them to understand or slow down their reads or like we huddle all the time and say, okay, this, you know, best, like let's share best practices and stuff. Like we really put our heart and soul and our demos really do well. Our demos are different than I think any other demo because most demos out there, I feel like they're, they're made to sound really flashy. Like the music is really loud. Um, like the whole demo is just hot and that's not typically realistic. We make our demos like we've, we, focus on making demos that appear to be made of excerpts from real paid work. Like every excerpt on the demo has a different EQ and processing setup. Um, I don't know, it's just like demos, I don't know, they get a lot of work. I th actually, maybe one reason why people think we are a demo mill is because of our script library. This is, this is uh, actually, you're leading me to something um, that I may want to address on our website. We have a practice script library. It's another resource that we've we've offered for years. And it has like 6,000 plus scripts and they're broken up into like 30 different categories in Spanish and English and they're alphabetized. I mean, like we put a freaking ton of work into this thing. And there are so many coaches out there, voiceover coaches who use scripts from uh, from our library and put them on demos. Like we, we hear these same 6,000 scripts up and down, like all over the industry. We're the only ones who won't use them on our, on demos. We even say on the, the homepage of the script library, we suggest to not use these on demos. Like your demo should sound unique. It should be made for you. And we make we make demos for people. They, they are tailored. The scripts are one of a kind. Like the scripts that go on our demos have never been used and they never will be used again on every demo. So we're like the only ones, I think, who don't use our own script library for demos. But maybe because we have the script library, people assume that we're a demo mill. I don't know. But it's something that I do want to think about. All right. Well, thank you for that um, honest answer. May I give my email address so if people have questions, they can get in touch with me? Sure, oh, drop yeah. it in the chat. Okay, my email address is david at edgestudio.com. And note that studio is singular. And we're just going to wrap up here, David. We um, we really, really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your wisdom. And uh, we want to thank everyone in the audience as well for joining us each week. We appreciate your support. And we want to remind everyone that VO Booth Besties is live two days a week. We invite you to join us on Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific and for our VO 101 series, where you are now on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn. Join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays are all available to listen to on our website, boothbesties.com, on YouTube podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share your comments, like, and subscribe in any of those places. Sign up for the VO Booth Besties Monday newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead, and you'll also find discounts from our affiliate partners there as well. We are excited to share that on Monday, our guest speaker will be Anne Ganguza. Anne will join us to discuss all things corporate narration, including medical, industrial, and more. You won't want to miss it. Mm -hmm.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.